nurses, doing your inner work is essential to being able to be the best nurse you can possibly be and have the most satisfying life and career you can possibly have. Let's talk about doing your inner work right here on episode 132 of The Nurse Keith Show. Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to The Nurse Keith Show. Thanks for being part of The Nurse Keith Nation. Whether you're a first-time listener or you've been tuning in for months or years, thanks for being here. This podcast is all about you and your nursing career, and I'm here to share education, inspiration, and ideas that can get you moving in a positive and inspired direction. I'm a member of the Pulse Media Network of Podcasters, along with RNFM Radio, Elizabeth Scala's Your Next Shift, the Gluten-Free RN, and the Introvert Biz Growth Podcast. Please find Pulse Media Network at pulsemedianetwork.com. I want to remind you that you can help other people find the show by leaving a review and a rating over on Apple Podcasts, which we sometimes refer to as iTunes. Can you do that for me, pretty please? It really, really helps other people find The Nurse Keith Show and get some value from what I have to say and share with the world. If you want to see the show notes for this episode, you can follow along over at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 132. Anyway, as usual, I am thrilled that you're here, so let's dig deep into today's topic, shall we? Folks, I'm recording this on Monday, October 30th, 2017, and just this morning, in the wee hours of the morning, I published a blog post over on Digital Doorway entitled, Doing Your Inner Work as a Nurse. And... Because tomorrow is Halloween, All Hallows' Eve, and Day of the Dead is coming up just a couple days after, it's a time when many people feel that the veils are thin between this world and the next world, and it's often a time when some of us start to go inside, because for one, it's cold out, so we tend to become less active outdoors, some of us anyway, depending on where we live. And it's a time getting into winter where we're a little more maybe interior, where we're being more self-reflective and spending more time at home with loved ones and alone, etc. Except for those of you listeners over in Australia, New Zealand, and those environs where summer's just starting. I'm a little jealous and wish I was spending my winter in your summer. But anyway, you can take this just as a note for when your winter rolls around again in a couple seasons. Anyway, winter is often a time for self-reflection. The Jewish New Year just passed. That's also a time when many people look deeply within themselves, whether they're Jewish or not. And Fall is also just a time of change. The autumn is a time when the leaves are falling, the air is changing, the temperatures are plummeting, and it's just that time for self-reflection, for looking more deeply at our lives and doing some self-evaluation when the fun and the, the vacation time and everything else of summer has dissipated and we're moving into a new season of our lives. And like I say in the blog post, nurses... Nurse clinicians especially spend a lot of time caring for other people. 
And you know, that's physical care, of course. Nursing can be very task-based, and sometimes it can be related to trauma. It can be related to life-saving measures like in the ED, or if you're a flight nurse, for instance. But we also give a lot of psycho-emotional and psycho-spiritual care. And all of this in the end can take a toll. And I've talked about this before on the show, and I'm just moved to talk about it again here from a slightly different angle through a slightly different lens. Part of the reason why we want to grow personally and spiritually and emotionally is that, of course, that can help us have a more satisfying life because we're able to reflect more on what we're doing and who we are and how we're spending our time and our days. And we can reflect on our relationships and the qualities of those relationships and decide what's working for us and what's not. It also is an avenue to understanding human behavior, to understanding other people and the world around us. There's a lot of suffering in the world. We've had hurricanes, earthquakes. We have immigrant crises in Myanmar and other places. There's, there's so much going on in the world. We're inundated with information that isn't necessarily terribly happy. And if we're working as nurses, caring for people who are sick, and suffering, and traumatized, and scared, and afraid, that has quite an impact on us, doesn't it? I've been there. I have burnt out, burnt myself to a crisp caring for needy patients who really needed me, but I gave more than I really had to give, and I suffered the consequences, as did my family, and my health, and my well-being, and my emotional and spiritual well-being. So I've been there, I know what that's like, and I know what it's like to switch the channel, to flip the dials, to uh, make a change and move in the direction of a clearer mind rather than a mind that's just gummed up with all that stuff and really weighing me down on so many different levels. I am really talking from personal experience here, folks. And I know a lot of you might be nodding along saying, yep, I've been there, or you may know people who've been there or are there now, or you yourself may be in that place where you feel like, oh my God, something has got to change. I am grinding myself to a pulp. So folks, if you can gain more self-understanding, more introspective, reflective understanding of your motivations, your history, where you're coming from, what makes you choose the things you choose, choose the relationships that you're in, make the decisions about your life and career and where you live and what you do and how you live your life. If you can get in touch with all of that and also get in touch with and hopefully heal some of your own trauma and your own suffering, this can help you really be more in touch with the patients who you serve if you're a clinical nurse. If you're not a clinical nurse, if you're an academic, a researcher, an educator, a case manager, whatever it is you happen to do, if you're a nurse theorist, if you're a nurse philosopher or artist or writer, still being in touch with the suffering of others, being in touch with your own suffering, understanding the nature of the human condition, this can help you have a more satisfying career because you understand more of the machinations of what's happening around you, and you can look at it from various angles. I have done a show 
about nurse polymaths. I've written about nurse polymaths, and I'll put that in the show notes if I remember. Please remind me. And a polymath is someone who chooses to know a lot about a lot of different things. I try to be a polymath myself. I really have a great deal of curiosity about different aspects of life. I like to read and study and understand things about art and literature and politics and sociology and information technology. There's lots of things I'm interested in. And while I can't be expert in those, I do try to understand certain aspects of the human condition and life around me because it's interesting to me. And being a polymath is a way to understand others and gain more understanding of yourself. So if you can be in touch with your own inner journey, that can really help empower you to really reach deep within yourself and build bridges to the inner journeys of other people. So if you can speak other languages, if you understand art or literature or philosophy or any of those things that interest you, those things sometimes build bridges to other people, to patients, to colleagues. And when you can build those types of bridges, you can then choose to go a little bit deeper with your clients and patients and also with yourself. You see, we all walk around with shadows. We have subterranean stuff going on from our childhood. Some people think from past lives, whether you believe in that or not is really up to you. But we carry so much within us and being able to bring some of that to the surface for healing can really lighten our load, like I say in the blog post, and it can allow us to be more present for ourselves and more present for other people. And when those bridges can be built, when there's understanding, when there's shared and common knowledge and interests and things that light us up and also things that make us feel a little uncomfortable, those can be keys to really getting to the other side with other people and with ourselves and living a more fulfilling personal life and a more fulfilling career on many, many levels. I have spoken on this blog post probably more times than I would like to count about the value of psychotherapy and counseling. And like I say in this blog post from Digital Doorway, I'm not shy to say that I've been in counseling or psychotherapy off and on since I was 22 years old and I am now 53 at the time of this recording. I'm currently in therapy at the moment. Well, not at this very moment, but I mean, in general, I'm in therapy on a regular basis. I wouldn't record a podcast in my therapist's office. That would be kind of weird. Anyway, having that unbiased person who can really walk with you through different aspects of your life and the challenges you're facing can be really helpful, whether it's, you know, for six months to work on an issue around, let's say, the recent death of a loved one, or maybe it's long term where you're really trying to unpack and unravel stuff, let's say, from your childhood that's been dogging you for decades, and you need someone to walk with you through that process to guide you so that you can unpack that stuff, expose it to the light, get rid of some of those shadows that have been haunting you. And this is Halloween week, so that makes sense, right? There are things that haunt you in your life, whether it's people or places or experiences or just 
things that haven't gone well in your life, if you can look at that spiritual and psychological distress, psychotherapy or counseling can really help you get to the other side. I have worked with many nurses around the country who I can see have stuff going on that's keeping them from being able to manifest what they really want in their careers and in their lives. They have beliefs bestowed upon them in childhood by not necessarily well-meaning people who fed them falsehoods, that they weren't worthy, that they couldn't be what they wanted to be, that they weren't smart, that they weren't attractive, that they weren't productive, that they weren't living the right way. We all take on these messages as adults and children, and we need the power to conquer them and counter those messages. And sometimes therapy or counseling is the way to do just that. And folks, if you're not very familiar with psychotherapy, there are many, many, many types of counseling in psychotherapy. There's sand tray therapy, there's psychoanalysis, there's body-centered somatic therapy. There's so many different ways to tackle these issues and you can find the one that works for you. Millions of Americans and millions of people around the world are saddled with depression and anxiety and PTSD and other mental health issues. And if we can overcome the stigma that it's okay to go to therapy, that it's okay to seek out help, we can get the job done. We can make it through and heal some of those things that have been holding us back. And if you have messages that are telling you that you're an imposter, that you really can't be a nurse, that you're not smart enough, that you don't know enough, maybe you need a holistic process with a skilled professional who can help you do that. It's kind of like a patient with diabetes who just can't grasp all the things he needs to know about his diabetes so that he can avoid all the negative things that can result from not taking care of himself and managing his sugars well. And rather than try to learn it from Google or figure it out himself, he goes to a diabetes educator who walks with him and holds his hand through all these processes so he can come out and do it on his own with the support of a professional. Now, Having a issue going on for you mentally or psychologically or emotionally or spiritually isn't like diabetes because it's not actually something that can be measured like by a blood sugar, but some mental health issues have physical components, the mind-body connection, and sometimes you need an educator, a counselor who can educate you about what's happening with you and about ways to go about healing the pieces of your life and your psyche that need healing. Anyway, I digress. And as nurses, we're witness to so much trauma. We are a microcosm of the macrocosm. Many of us walk around with depression and anxiety and PTSD and other 21st century <laughs> issues that need to be addressed. So I'm acutely aware that many of you out there have some stuff you need to clean up. You've got some little corners of the uh, psychological basement that need to be swept, some cobwebs that need to be cleared, some shadows that need some light shown upon them. And I'm speaking from personal experience, folks. So <laughs> a nurse colleague of mine once told me that half 
of nurses, at least 50% of nurses are the firstborn children of alcoholics. She couldn't really back that up with any research that she could point out to me, and I can't corroborate that figure, but it does make sense, right? A lot of us come from families where we had to be the savior. We had to be the one to fix things. So nursing made a lot of sense to us. And now, later in our adulthood, there's some work we need to do. Hey folks, we're going to take a pause for the cause just to talk a little bit about the National Nurses and Business Association Annual Conference, which was rescheduled due to Hurricane Irma and is now going to be held November 17th to 19th in St. Pete's Beach, Florida, right near Tampa. Now, the National Nurses and Business Association has been around for a long time. It's my favorite conference of the year, and you can come there and rub shoulders with some of the most famous and savvy nurse entrepreneurs on the planet, including Kevin Ross, Sean Dent, Renee Thompson, Donna Cardillo, Louise Jakubik, and so many others. Michelle Podlesny is the amazing president of NNBA, and she will be your guide through the entire weekend experience. That's in St. Pete's Beach, Florida, November 17th to 19th, 2017. I'll be there with my RNFM radio pals. We're going to be having a lot of fun. It's a relatively small and intimate conference, so you can really dig deep and talk to people and get to know the speakers and really have a grand old time. We always have fun at the NNBA, and we'd love for you to join us. So check us out. Head over to the show notes at nursekeith.com, and you can click on the link, check out the conference, and consider joining us in St. Pete's Beach. Hope to see you there. You know, there's this great quote from the novel Herzog by Saul Bellow. He was one of my favorite authors of all time. He was a novelist. He lived in Chicago. And in that novel, Herzog said, on the knees of your soul, might as well be useful and scrub the floor. And folks, personally, I've been scrubbing the floor of my soul for a long time. There's lots of stuff to work on. And your inner work can come in many guises. If psychotherapy and counseling aren't your thing, I'm not saying you have to do it. Sometimes working with a career coach can be really helpful, hint, hint. Sometimes that's all you need, just that accountability and goal setting to do what you need to do and unpack the things that are the most important for your career. Coaching is not psychotherapy, and I would never claim for it to be, but stuff can also get moved out of the way for you to get done what you need to do in your career. I have spoken before and will speak again about my friend Caroline Cardenas. She's out in San Diego. She's a nurse who wrote her master's thesis on the use of hula hooping and hoop dancing to combat and heal and prevent burnout in nurses. Her master's thesis. And if you head over to thehulahoopgirl.com, you can read all about her and read what she offers to nurses. She helps people to unleash joy and engage in what she calls body play, which can really help you get in touch with and heal the stuff that's going on for you and loosen up physically and emotionally and psychically and spiritually and otherwise. Loosen up things, get juicy and get moving. And man, I have hoop danced and hula hooped with her on the ocean over in San Diego where she lives, Wind and Sea Beach, and it is an amazing experience. So 
A lot of inner demons can be vanquished at the hands of creativity and play. Caroline, the hula hoop girl, is one of those people. And she's a nurse, folks. She's one of those people out there looking at ways to heal what's going on with people from a different perspective, from physical activity that can really affect you on deep, deep levels. Now, she's currently at Meridian University doing a PhD in somatic therapy. Now, she's really looking at body-centered psychotherapy as a way to get people into their bodies to clean out those corners. So, so many things people do to work on this stuff, folks. I know folks who do shamanism, they engage in yoga, they go to workshops and retreats all over the world. Here in the Southwest, especially, people do sweat lodges and vision quests with some of the Native American practitioners in the area. Some people meditate. Meditation can be a practice that can really help in those processes of cleaning out those corners. And, you know, there's a lot of fringe stuff that people do. I know folks who do peyote and ayahuasca and psilocybin mushrooms, and they go down to Central America to do these kind of rituals with indigenous elders down there. So there are lots of ways to approach your healing, my friends. And we are finding the research is out there Psilocybin is being used in treatment-resistant depression. They're seeing if it can really help the depression that just won't respond to regular medications. They're even looking at mind-altering substances for the treatment of Alzheimer's. So what I'm trying to say here is that there are many ways to pop this balloon. There are many ways to unpeel the onion of your psyche. And when you can, unpeel that onion of your psyche and bring some sunlight to the shadows and do the healing work that's necessary, it makes it easier to sit in an interview for a job you really want or an internship or a new nurse graduate program where you can really be authentic and come from your center, come from your core, because you have really looked at those places that tell you you're not worthy, and you're able to sit in that interview and look your interviewer in the eye and say, I am worthy, I am valuable, I want a seat at this table. So folks, we nurses, we're caregivers, we're givers, we defend and fight for the wellness of other people. We've burned ourselves out, I've done it. We've had to save ourselves from burnout, and our wellness has meaning. Nurses' wellness has meaning, not just for your ability to care for patients, but for your ability to have the life that you want. And I know this is somewhat of a diatribe, but I'm trying to instill in you this belief that you can heal the stuff going on for you. You can find the truth of who you are. You can bring that truth to your life and to your career. And you can live the life and do the type of work that speaks to your heart, that speaks to what you really want. I often find nurses get stuck in jobs because they're fearful. They're afraid to leave a job because it's comfortable, because it's scary out there in the world. And they were taught as children that when you get a job, you keep it. You don't change. You stay in that place. And sometimes you have to shake off the shackles of what you were taught back then, those voices that still speak to you and say, you know what? I can take a risk. 
I can leave this job I'm comfortable at where I've been for 10 years and do something new and radical and exciting and scary because sometimes we need to do the things that are scary. I've done it. I've left jobs where I was comfortable. I quit my job as a director of nursing of a home health agency. I was a DON and a chief nursing officer for several years. And last November, one year ago, the next month actually, I became 100% self-employed. And man, that was scary. It was a seven-year runway for me to get to the place where I could say, yep, I don't need a regular job anymore. I am going to take the risk, take the plunge, be an entrepreneur, and make my way in the world without having to work for someone else. And you know what? It is really hard. And there are times when I am afraid, but I keep pushing because you know what? I watched my mom be an entrepreneur her entire life as a musician, as a music teacher, as a performer, as a composer. She worked her butt off and she showed me that it was possible. She never really worked for anyone else after she was, let's say, about 40. So you know what? It can be done. I saw my mom do it and I'm doing it too. So there's something positive from my childhood that I brought forward and realized, you know, Mom's not around anymore, but I can carry that legacy forward. So if you can find those places where you can push yourself to do something extraordinary, out of the ordinary, and uncomfortable and scary, and this is Halloween week, folks, do things that are scary, you can really break through to a new view, a new vision of what your nursing career and your life can be. And that is really the bottom line, my friends. You deserve a healed mind, a healed body and psyche, and you deserve to create a nursing career or a career in anything that you do that really speaks to your values and speaks to your value as a person, your worth, and what you bring to the world and what you bring to the table. Folks, this is a call to action. It's a call to action to relate more deeply to yourself so that you can bring that more deeply related self out into the world and have what you actually want. I want that for you and I'm sure you want it for yourself and you want it for those you love. Well, folks, there you have it. The show notes will be over at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 132. If you remind me, I will put a link to that Nurse Polymath podcast episode, and there'll be a link to the original blog post at Digital Doorway from today, October 30th, 2017. There will be some quotes from it in the show notes, but you may want to read that blog post in its entirety. I hope you feel uplifted and empowered from this episode. This episode is, like I said, a call to action. I want you to feel inspired. I want you to take inspired action because I want you to have a really, really satisfying professional career and life. And did you know that you could become a patron of the Nurse Keith Show? That's right. My most recent patron, Wendy Davidson, is just awesome, and she decided she would be a patron and give a monthly amount to support the production and the promotion of The Nurse Keith Show. Wendy, 
Thank you so much. You are so wonderful. And if anyone else would like to become a patron, they can head over to patreon.com forward slash nurse Keith. That is P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com forward slash nurse Keith. I would love for you to be a patron, even if just for a few months. It really helps me grow this show. The Nurse Keith Show is edited and produced by the amazing Tim Hollowell of thepodcastinggroup.com. Tim just sent me some recent photos of his baby Lincoln, the baby that he and his wife Beth just had not very long ago. Lincoln is awesome. He is absolutely beautiful. And my congratulations again to Tim and Beth, and welcome to the world, Lincoln. And social media and promotion are handled by the equally amazing Mark Cappy Spiesen. He and his wife and his baby are over in the Philippines. They are just wonderful, beautiful people doing great work in the world. Thank you so much, Mark. Please consider signing up for my newsletter over at nursekeith.com. Again, the show notes are over at nursekeith.com forward slash episode 132. And remember to check out the Pulse Media Network at pulsemedianetwork.com. Also, remember my new book, Aspire to be Inspired, Creating a nursing career that matters can make a great Christmas or Hanukkah present for someone who you love and care about. And my first book, Savvy Networking for Nurses, is also great. So if you want to stuff someone's stocking or put it in their Hanukkah gifts, two wonderful books for their nursing career, please head over to Amazon and look for those. So folks, stay positive, care for yourself and others, take inspired action in the interest of your career, and keep tuning in again and again as we continue to explore how to make your nursing career more satisfying and inspired and healed and ready for more than you ever imagined. Be well, dig deep, seek joy, keep in touch, and adios till next time from beautiful and sunny Santa Fe, New Mexico. 